0: This episode has been brought to you by our friends over at CMB Law. If you find yourself in a tight spot and you need an attorney to trust, call Courtney over at CMB Law, 941-747-4440 or 941-725-9457. You can also visit her site at CMB Justice. Dot com. CMBjustice.com. Again, that's Courtney at CMB Law. Tell them that Thomas Free Me sent you from the Thomas Free Me podcast show. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. This is Thomas Freemy of the Thomas Freemy TV and podcast show. Today is another episode from the Criminal Justice Network. Um, currently I have Mr. Larry Darnell Smith with me, and we are waiting on Antonio to join us. But today we have a guest out in Phoenix, Arizona that's coming to speak about a man who got seven life sentences for marijuana, essentially. So uh, first off, good morning. How are you?
1: Good. How are you? Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. You know, just just bringing more more awareness to our American citizens, we the people. So, if you would just introduce who you are, what you do, you know, and and how uh, you and I got associated to come here with this discussion today.
1: Yeah, my name's Chris Martin. Uh, I'm out of Arizona, like you mentioned. Uh, I've done two terms in prison here for pot. I was 19 years old, got busted with a joint playing baseball at Yavapai and got three years. Flash forward 20 years later, I started an edible company in 2010. And in 12, I got rated looking at 127 years. Uh, the only reason we beat the case was I was a white guy in a white town. And the cops were a lot more crooked than I was. And we proved it in court. Other than that, I wouldn't be here doing this podcast. So with the second chance, I started a nonprofit I help found here in Phoenix that helps people in the same position, people who are doing life, looking at life, looking at prison time uh, for cannabis. We just feel like these laws are so wrong that it's time for a change. And linking up with other organizations like yours nationally and trying to get some unity here to make all this come together and make sense um, is what I'm about too. So with this story, we had a gentleman's aunt, Patsy reached out to our nonprofit ZonkaMiles.org and bring up his case to me. And at first it sounded like a cartoon, like a, 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 a fiction story. Like it just said, uh, there's no way this could be true. And uh, I did my own due diligence. I've talked to Frank himself in prison Uh, The gentleman's name's Frank Leo Epler. He's here and doing state time. He's actually at Red Rock Prison right now, um, open to writing him and and giving details on the case. Um, From what my understanding is, he was arrested for running a criminal organized enterprise. Um, His story to me was at the beginning of his crime spree as they call it he was selling some narcotics he knew that the police were honed in on him pretty tight so he switched it up and started running pot for the gentleman across the border well it sounds to me like they needed more drivers so he brought on friends his friends started driving one of his friends came up short on a delivery they came to get their money when they beat the dude up the guy got so scared from it frank jumped in and said hey look that's my homie he wouldn't do that so they beat frank up too the kid gets so scared he runs to the state and makes a deal with the state telling them that frank's the kingpin that charges him with criminal syndication while the guy who's testifying gets them gets immunity on the whole deal um Frank, because he can't testify against himself without incriminating himself, according to his own attorney, they don't put him on the stand, and the case goes exactly how the state wants it. They give him seven life sentences because he had people selling pot and driving for him, Um, and they linked it to gang activity, and that was pretty much the nail in the coffin. They charged him with assault and kidnapping because of the fight between all the guys and the guy's testimony uh frank admits that he's not an angel Uh, i've talked to him several times he knows what what he was in and what he was doing but he also knows he didn't murder anybody he didn't kidnap anybody and even had he kidnapped or assaulted somebody he's already done the 11 years that would have killed both of those numbers so the seven life sentences is what needs to be addressed and what we're really trying to get out there for people. He tried to file an appeal two years ago, from my understanding, and it, I think you got a chance to look at that thing. Um, I've seen worse playbooks than on the Detroit Lions. You know, I, I looked at this thing like, whoa. I mean, um, for one, the lawyer really didn't have a whole lot of experience, which we seem to find quite often in these circumstances. But when you put the wrong guy's name, on the paperwork, and it still goes through, we got an issue. I mean, it doesn't even mention Frank's name in their first paperwork. So they went and hired a $23,000 attorney who took their money. And what, now, what was his name? Uh, I don't have that in front of me. Um, it's on my phone, actually. And I'm using my phone for this, but I'll get that to you.
0: I'll put that uh, in the descriptions.
1: Yep. They're actually going after him trying to get their money back and from what my understanding is also is that and i have not confirmed this yet I've, I've been trying to that one of the detectives on the case actually went to jail for misconduct on the case we're still trying to dig a lot of that up but what we're finding
0: is do you know robot. do you know his name
1: uh frank's got his name and is willing to disclose it to us he said absolutely he doesn't even know the full circumstances he just was told by his first attorney that the gentleman had been arrested convicted and put into prison Mm -hmm. Uh, as we were doing our digging that was just one of the many items on our list so uh, i'm waiting a response from frank and uh doc email currently to get that info i noticed that when frank and i do talk you know how they shut us down He hasn't responded in about a week now. So,
0: What do you mean exactly like they they shut you down, as in the the prison shuts down the correspondence between you and Frank?
1: Yes, sir. Uh, As he gets more details out to us and we start to generate traffic and get more organizations with eyes on this, all of a sudden we get to where him and I can't really correspond through email. I'll have to email his aunt or call his aunt, and she'll try to reach out. And we're all kind of at the mercy of the prison at that point, waiting to see if we're going to hear from him.
0: Now, when, when you and I were, were texting back and forth, you, uh, you said in the text that um, you and multiple other organizations have reached out to the prison to try to get an interview with Frank. And you guys have been denied, correct?
1: We have not been responded to. I know that when I did my prison time, they were denied every time. But I was also told that was because of my drug and gang affiliation. Um, but when it came to frank we just don't get responses so we take that as a no but we just haven't gotten any responses period
0: Mm -hmm. well i know if i'm sitting in the court of law and i don't respond i'm automatically found to be guilty you know what i mean so let me um i want to read a little bit of this 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 appeal that you were talking about and i want to you know specifically uh Put emphasis on one paragraph, but this is the appeal. I will also put the link to this in the descriptions for the people to see. So frankly, Frank Leo Epler was convicted after a jury trial of illegally conducting a criminal enterprise conspiracy to possess transport marijuana for sale, three counts of transportation of marijuana for sale, and two counts of attempted transportation of marijuana for sale. For each of those convictions, the jury found Epler was a serious drug offender pursuant to the statute. Epler was convicted of aggravated assault and kidnapping for the serious drug offender convictions the trial court pursuant to uh, impose concurrent mandatory terms of life imprisonment without the possibility of release for 25 years. The court also sentenced Epler to concurrent Prison terms of 7.5 years for aggravated assault, 10.5 years for kidnapping. On appeal, Epler argues the mandatory life prison terms constitute cruel and unusual punishment in violation of the Eighth Amendment to the United States Constitution. We affirm. The Eighth Amendment bars the infliction of cruel and unusual punishments. And the United States Supreme Court has long recognized that it limits permissible sanctions in various contexts, state versus Berger. But although the Eighth Amendment may prohibit lengthy prison terms in some circumstances, courts are extremely circumspect in their review of such terms, applying a narrow proportionality principle that prohibits only sentences that are grossly disproportionate to the crime. In determining whether a prison term violates the Eighth Amendment, we first determine if there is a threshold showing of gross disproportionality by comparing the gravity of the fence and the harshness of the penalty. In evaluating the threshold question, we must accord substantial difference to the legislator and its policy judgments as reflected in statutorily mandated sentences. We first must determine whether the legislator has a reasonable basis for believing that a sentence scheme advances the goal of its criminal justice system in any (laughs) substantial way. This is crazy. Now, this is law. (laughs) And I just did an episode yesterday um, with Tanawa Downing on our Constitution and how how this has became a judicial system versus a constitutional system, because we are now determining law based upon judges, decisions and opinions versus what is in the constitution. And I'm reading this to you that that is exactly what we're doing, right? Correct. The, the sentence is not grossly disproportionate and we need not protect beyond the threshold inquiry. If it is, If it arguably furthers the state's penological goals and thus reflects a rational legislative judgment entitled to deference. Only if the sentence does not do so, do we further consider the sentences that that the state imposes on other crimes and the sentences other states impose for the same crime. Now, I want to I skip past this here. Like I said, I'm going to put this in the descriptions, and I want to put emphasis on, on what this opinion states down here. Finally, as our Supreme Court pointed out in Berger, the United States Supreme Court has upheld lengthy sentences for conduct far less serious than Epler's, including... A sentence of 25 years to life for the grand theft of three golf clubs Uh worth nearly twelve hundred dollars by a recidivist felon and a sentence of life in prison without parole for a first time offender possessing 672 grams of cocaine. The court also observed that in another case it upheld a sentence of 25 years without parole for a 21-year-old defendant convicted of selling a one dollar marijuana cigarette to a 14-year-old. To me, I I, I see these things and it's just it just disgusts me. Yeah, Matthew,
1: you know. These are the kinds of stories that you hear all day long. You don't even barely get to read about them. That's the sad part. This one, I dug for days trying to find anything on this. There's no articles. There's no news. There's nothing. You got a guy that gets seven life sentences. I don't care what he did. You don't hear about it. Nobody says a word. There's not a peep. He's been down 11 years, and I heard about it the first time two months ago.
0: Good morning, Mr. Keyway. Good morning.
2: Hey, hey, how y'all doing? Sorry, I'm late. Uh, real life happening. Uh, <laughs> I, I got a question. Um, I, so, and I guess my perspective on the issue is slightly different because I'm coming from 27 years of incarceration. Um, so I'm always um, on the side of the prisoner because just as a policy, as a rule, we over in this country. We, we give people way. Why would you send somebody beyond their life expectancy in the first place? You know what Correct. I'm saying? We, when we go to talking about uh, proportionality of sentences um, where it's related to the crime, like here um, where I am, marijuana is legal at the state level. So. To me, it would be ridiculous for any citizen of this state to be incarcerated for crimes that involve marijuana on a state level if the state has legalized it. There should be nobody
0: in prison
2: with that charge.
0: How are we a United so, States if, if, if that's the case, you know?
2: So in a language they talk about the disproportionality, Like in in, so what does that constitute when it comes to marijuana? And I got so another question I have, being late is what what was the courts looking at to be able to think that they needed to go outside of a person's guidelines to that extreme, and what did they use to enhance? His sentencing, was he a habitual offender?
1: From what it sounded like when I've talked to the aunt and emailed Frank himself, the police just wanted to nab him for a long time and couldn't. He ducked them for so long that it almost sounded kind of like in my case, once they finally caught up to him. They threw the book at him. They rocked him with dangerous, violent charges on top of criminal syndication and organized crime because now he's got people running weed for him for people over the border. And they uh, tied together and pinned him as the kingpin.
0: Yeah. What you so, missed, Keyboy, what you missed, let me fill you in real quick. What you missed was the, the, um, the person that testified against him got immunity for yes, testifying sir. against him. So, so there was an altercation. Run him the story real quick yeah. of, of yeah. The, the events that day.
1: So the deal was, Frank was a, a known dealer. He had been dealing narcotics in his area for a while. I guess word got back to him that the heat was there. So he backed down. He got out of the way for a little while and started flipping marijuana. He was moving it for you know, people down south, from what I understand. And it sounded like they needed drivers. So he started bringing on his partners, his boys, getting everybody work. As everything's flowing, he's got things rocking. Well, one of the dudes came up short on one of the deliveries. Frank tries to stand up for his boy, saying, hey, look, he wouldn't short you. wouldn't go that way. They both got beat up. Well, the kid who came up short got so scared and got afraid of what was all going down. He went to the state and routed. He told on Frank as being the kingpin of it all, got immunity for it, walked away from the whole deal Why Frank got seven life sentences for being a, a head gang leader and he's not even a part of it he's he's just he's a runner like his boys were wow it sounds to me like testimony was the number one thing they used against them other than i'm hearing from from frank and his aunt that there was a detective that actually got convicted of misconduct during this case and went to jail, which we're still trying to confirm. I'm waiting to get info back from Frank from the prison, but every time we start getting hot on a topic, our communications get locked down. I believe it. Yeah. So we just patiently wait. I get word from his aunt and we just try to keep getting this movement on it so people can hear what's going on down here. I mean it's it's really hidden. I had to dig up Quite, you know, the only thing you find is this appeal. And when you read the appeal, I never heard of it. Nah, at no, it's seven. Hey, for the for the for
3: the record one more time, can y'all say um the name of the case out again, please? Yes, sir.
1: It's says the state of Arizona versus Frank Leo Epler.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna and, and put the I'm gonna put the link in the descriptions.
1: Hey, how you doing, man? It's a
3: pleasure to meet you. My name Larry Darnell Smith Jr. Um, I've been just sitting off in the in the dark over here listening. Uh, I'm a I'm a exoneree out of Wayne County. I, I served 27 years also as Kiway. Um, and I'm a person I don't believe in over sentencing. And, and and clearly I was at Oakland County on behalf of Woody Gamo. Woody Gamo serving five and a half years um with Mary Bailey in the last um sentencing project prisoner or the last prisoner project. Prisoner project yeah. um and we was down there advocating for him with five and a half years, and you saying that he has how many life sentences?
1: He has seven life sentences, and he got seven years and ten and a half for assault and for kidnapping. He's already done eleven now.
0: That just sounds ridiculous, man. Seven, it sounds- seven, seven life sentences for marijuana. That Bro, is the most. Wait, wait. That is the most. Seven ridiculous. life
2: sentences. Seven life sentences, and there was no murder. No murder. No
0: life. Nobody, taken. nobody
2: even got beat.
0: You know what no. I'm saying? It's it's
2: just
3: well, let's, well let's, let's since we since we own it, right? Let's run through it because people would say
1: like we overlooked the fact of a kidnapping. And what was the other charge? Kidnapping and assault, and that was why when I had the case brought to me. I don't get down that way so i backed up off of it i wanted to say hey look let me see what i know i called the aunt she told me it's not like that you need to talk to him this is what we have she sent me the case she sent me the the appeal i got on the horn with frank and frank was i mean he was very forthcoming and saying I'm, I'm not an angel i was handling what i was handling but i didn't kidnap anybody i didn't even touch anybody i didn't beat nobody up he got beat up by them I got beat up by them. I tried to stand up for him, and he rats on me. And that's the, the cut and dry of it. He's literally saying the guy walked and got immunity while he's sitting there doing seven lives over it. And the kidnapping was because his boy got beat up for coming up short. And they turned it in the cop's eyes with the cop's help to point it at Frank for that happening. And Frank said it. He's like, look, man, I didn't. All I did was try to stand up for the dude for being short. I didn't think he would come short like that. He goes, I really – you know, he's my partner. I brought him in. He goes, next thing I know, he's signing a deal against me.
3: Wow. So, basically, like, they handling the bag. Bro in on his end of it. He's short on his end of it. And then he just played the sour game.
0: Well, well, you yeah. Already know, yeah, you already know that the prosecutor, when they got it, when they got in the room with that boy, they, they, um, they told him, listen, we don't want you. We want this guy. We've been wanted yep. this guy. Yep. If standard just, operating just, just, just testify against him. We'll give you immunity. You can be about your way. And we give, we'll make sure that this guy never gets out of prison. That's that. I mean, that is textbook
1: Absolutely. verbatim
0: what these people say.
1: I was looking at 127 years because my quote unquote business partner decided he wanted to work for the state and not me. I know exactly what this guy's going through. And that's honestly, as soon as I spoke to the aunt, I felt like it was my duty, like it was my, my, my God to, to get this man some help. Uh, I, I only did six years, so I'm not going to sit here and act like a like, I'm a lifer or nothing. But you know what? I sat there with lifers and I sat there with people who were human beings, just like everybody out here. And uh, they yeah. deserve to be out here, especially when I got uh, a, a dispensary in my parking lot right now that does two million dollars a month in revenue. Yet I, I send money to put money on books to guys that can't even get a job in there. You know, I'm over it.
3: Hey, let me um, let me say this to you, huh? Consider it. You you actually talking to two guys who had life? So myself yeah. and Keyway, we both were lifers. Um it's and you both. And we, and, it, and it's a pleasure to meet you, and we're grateful to you for having the heart and having the empathy to bring this to our attention. Because, like I say, I'm not familiar with it in regards of past learning from Thomas, past learning from you. I have not heard of it, and now, I mean, I like to address this with Mary Bailey and them, because if this is something that they advocate for, are they familiar with this? Right. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, and just. Just so you know, um, I got I put a book and a movie out about my case, just because I was in a little, up in Arizona, and my case kind of got national news because they were trying to make me into a gang member, all because I rode in a motorcycle club and just they blew it into this really big deal. But what what the burner was is the cops were the ones that were all in the gang. They were all in a motorcycle club. So as we went through three and a half years of fighting my case through trial, it all came out that they were crooked, that I'm just some pothead that rides motorcycles and grows weed in the woods. And they were trying to make it look like I was the kingpin in Arizona, bringing it all in. And uh, to to really turn it around, it was them doing it all. So we put a book and a a movie out. Uh, We got a documentary on Amazon Prime called Haters Make Me Famous. And we put that out there just because how many stories are like this out there that people don't get to find or hear about and uh, really need some attention on it. So that's when I got that second chance at life, I got to tell you, man, I, I felt like it was a, a God driven power that just kind of took over. And from there it's been five years of nothing but advocacy. And that's what we had with Like, listen, exactly the
2: same story. We all come out feeling like that and we all hit the ground running with the same cause, go ahead, brother. That's it, right there. What bro
3: just said. That's 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 what that's and that's what it's about. Um, building and utilizing our resources to build a network across the country, where we can just move more accessibility, the word out, the atmosphere. Us moving as a solid unit across the country, like you out of Arizona, Thomas out of Florida, us here in Michigan. Our friends in Boston, St. Louis, like, heh, that's what I'm talking about. That's all, that's all, keyway. You know, t- to me, it seemed like yeah. this is a great cause that we should now. come together in order to advocate uh, on behalf
1: of. Thank you. I'm
0: going to have to um, resend a new link here in about five minutes. But um, no, that's that's exactly it. That's exactly it, Chris. And that's that's what we're doing. And we have a lot of uh, inmates on the inside that listen to our network, listen to our voices. And, and we're just trying to gain unity. We're trying to get people to understand that when they're out committing crimes, when they're out committing crimes against the community, that they're feeding the government's agenda. You know, I talk about this in in explicit detail on my podcast, you know, uh, uh, when dealing with the Constitution, how we're turning into a police state and what they're doing. You know, they're they're steadily telling us no for (laughs) our protection, but they're moving military tanks into our communities. You know what I mean? And they're they're turning us into into legalized slaves. And that's what the 13th Amendment did. You know what I mean? The 13th Amendment just turned slavery into legalized slavery and it just went under a different name of, of felony conviction. That's what I'm trying yeah. to get people to understand.
3: Yeah, that's what I've been pushing as well. Since so I was so, hey, a
0: That's yes. it? Yes, sir.
2: Have, are you familiar
0: with the report from Iron Mountain? I'm not, but I love is Mike th- Tyson. Good <laughs> rule.
2: In that documentary, they expose, for example, the reason that there are numbers on the interstate signs so that foreign military personnel can navigate without being able to speak the language and that near railroad tracks and all of these inner cities, there are warehouses with these slack uh, windows that you can't see into for warehousing and transporting large segments of the population. You're absolutely right. We're living in a police state. And this process has been going on for quite some time. And everybody who has exposed it in the past has met the same fate. The difference is those people didn't have the type of investment in this cause that we have collectively. You can't negotiate with us. We want to expose the truth. We want justice. And if justice is delayed, then justice is denied. So absolutely, we got to dig into this, see if it holds up, and then we put everything we got behind it. Oops.
0: Well, Chris, um, give, your, give your TikTok a shout out. Give, a, give us a, your social media shout out, how to get a hold of you, where you at, all that good stuff, man. Plug up.
1: Right man. Well, we got a lot going on. Uh, my First off, my nonprofit, ZonkaMiles.org. Uh, we, we're doing lots of cool stuff with that. We're helping people get their clemency filed here, getting expungement. Uh, even got my pop, my pardon filed myself here. Um, first pop pardon filed in Phoenix. So, hey, that's cool shit. Uh, Hempful Farms com is our hymn company and ogzanka.com is our edible company. That's what got us all into this was my, my edible company and, and all our work and what we do. And we have a podcast of our own. We do Haters Make Me Famous uh, podcast.com. And we talk to guys just like you, um, everyone from people who've done time, doing time to people who worked in the prison that really just like to come out and share the truth and talk about what's really going on um and then we're we're getting ready to launch Arizona uh, compassionate cannabis clemency so we can uh really organize a little bit more like you guys are saying and and uh represent our state nationally on the level of getting these expungements and clemency done
0: absolutely man well thank you man and 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 it sounds like you you're a great american citizen man and that you care about america and and what's going on and you're a returning citizen you see what i'm saying you're not a bad guy you see and this is the these are the messages i'm trying to get out to our american people that they have duped you you know what i'm saying they have duped you to turn your back on people like us and we're imploring you guys that we need you we need unity you know we have to come together like i said earlier we had a a, a a beautiful display of what unity can do with the truck drivers if that does not wake you up of what unity can do right then then i don't know you guys
2: hey thomas let, let let me say this uh mm-hmm. before we end uh we speaking for formerly incarcerated people we are not civilians trauma changes brain function and confinement is trauma. Every day is trauma. And it changes the way we think, it changes the way we assess threat, the way we process information. We are different, set apart in society. We do all the jobs that nobody else wants to do or can do because of our felonies, the the stains that we wear in society, but we're stronger. And in this dark hour that society is facing, That's who is needed. It's what we've been through that gives us the capacity to give. Look to these formerly incarcerated people not as blights on society, but as possible solutions to what we're facing right now. It's bigger than us. That's all I want to say. Thank you.
3: Man, that was purity, factual, gas, Ola, real (laughs) life. And And just to have this opportunity, considering that not even a year ago, I was sitting on the side of the bunk, literally, man, like sitting on the side of the bunk and wondering how a lot of pieces of puzzles fit together. And now being out here and participating in these pieces of the puzzle from community level to government level to, hey, I'm just a little bit often radical level, Um, (laughs) So it's just great, and it's just great to have this opportunity, man, to speak with you. And any opportunities that you see where we can come together—from um, Michigan to Florida to there—then, man, please feel free. Um, get with us. You know, we we entrepreneurs as well, and
2: it's we also awesome. travel. We've been known to show up.
3: <laughs> yeah, we show up. We we was down there, in Missouri, on advocating on behalf of Kevin Strickland. Um, he's one of the most famous exonerees in the country. Um, Keyway, myself, National Organization of Exonerees. We was down there five times in the courtroom, and, you know, as you know, ultimately he was exonerated um, in Oakland County um, in Michigan, in Washington sure. County in Michigan, in Boston. We down there, like, so we had no issues with traveling. We just, um, young men <laughs> who spent a substantial <laughs> time in the place, <laughs> who, you know, we, we just like you, man. We see that the 13th Amendment is the great violation. It's the one that's really restricting and holding us all back because it's the one that they allow to use marijuana to put us in the prison system with. Yes, sir. You feel know I me? Mean? And it ain't even based on no color. It's based on the fact that you was duly committed. Don't mean if you're innocent or guilty, just the fact that some people can come together and say that you, hey, you guilty. Yes, sir. And agree. And yes, all of them don't even have to agree all the time. <laughs> Whoa! Wow!
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. yeah, no question. So, well, mm. this has been a great discussion, man. We're gonna get this out there. Um, have us, have us on your show, and and tell your people, spread the Let's word. Free me podcast. And don't, free and don't forget, podcast. Free me podcast, bro. And don't forget, free the
3: innocent, free the medically frail, and free the over sentence. We gotta put that in there. You can't
0: never go without having that in there. No question. No question. So tell your people
1: on the show. We'd love to have you guys out here. It sounds like with this case, we're going to need all the help we can get.
0: Yeah. So free me podcast, us behind the walls.org. We're just trying to bring all the communities together. So if people want to be enlightened, they want to know what's going on. Just all of these, all of these places, you know, so take care of yourself. Continue doing what you're doing, man. You know what I mean? Keep can continue being a community leader. Continue showing people how to be better people and we'll stand behind you man so let's let's shed light onto this man
1: appreciate you guys thank you for your time take care show salute
0: god show bless legalize marijuana everywhere everywhere or it's not Grand united West. states support. i mean what else yeah, what else support. is there?
2: yeah support we
3: all should march down all of the people who was convicted and all the people who was exonerated and all the people all the people should march down on Washington DC and get the words it so- ain't right 13th Amendment, that ain't what it is. Come we together. need that way even across the board. We need it even across the board. It ain't even across the board when the prosecutors, it's not even across the board when the judges, it's not even across the board when the people of authority can use their authority and mismanage it, and it can cause a difficult, difficult pain. Horror stories right here in our country, like you're hearing about a man serving seven life sentences associated with some pot.